Hello and welcome back to chapter 5 of the director's diary. Thank you so so much for being here. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please uh, leave a review and subscribe to the channel. This gets the podcast higher on the rankings and that gives more exposure and then more people can benefit from what I think are really important conversations that we're having. This week is a really interesting one for me. The title is deliberately provocative, I think. It explores something that um, has happened to me recently and and I think it's going to be really interesting to dive into it. So without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. My name's Alex Palmer, this is The Director's Diary. It's no one's intention ever to share a diary, so if you're listening to this, keep it close and use it well. So, plagiarism versus inspiration. This is um, a topic that I think is interesting anyway to talk about, but the reason why I want to talk about this specifically now is because of real events that have happened and have kind of provoked these kind of conversations with my team, with my close friends. Um, and I was in a bit of a tricky situation where the what I'll reveal what happened in some detail in a bit but like I was in a kind of predicament where I didn't know what to do and yeah it, it was difficult just to give you some context um last year we made a piece Riptide made a piece called The Lucky Ones for those of you who don't know I'm going to go through just different elements of the show and so we can just see what what the you know, what it was comprised of. So fundamentally, this was a one audience member at a time performance. It used text and SMS messages, emails, social media to get in contact with you as an audience member. Um, it had an AI kind of helper to, to it. So we pretended to be an AI, which and that AI character would guide you around the experience. The, the experience was durational. So... Over the course of several weeks, you'd get in different bits of the story kind of revealed to you. There was a kind of personality test at the beginning of the performance to so that we could tailor individual experiences to audience members' likes and dislikes. It involved a big corporation, which we made up, which and the premise was that it was testing new technology. Okay. And it also had a live element where audience members have to journey to a set piece that we've created. Um, so if one of them, they had to kind of break into a flat that we'd created. Um, it's a real person's flat, but we kind of mocked it up so that you you broke in. And inside that room, you found something that made the story progress. And we also, I mean, this wasn't, uh, planned, but we also got a blogger involved to kind of blog their experience and and yeah, so so that people could, if they were stuck, could see what the blogger was doing. But also, if you weren't part of it, you could also see what it was like to do. So now to the kind of the real life events that have provoked this podcast. I'm now going to explain to you. Um, it was brought to my attention that there was a similar experience going on in Leeds, which is the city where we're based. And I'm for the purpose of um 
I guess being nice, I'm going to keep everything anonymous. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to really go into huge detail, but I'm going to give you enough information that you can understand what's gone on. Um, and also how we've dealt with it. Cause I think that's the most important thing rather than to, to kind of say, Oh, this person did this. And maybe it comes back that this person hasn't done anything wrong. And, and you know, this is maybe the conclusion we'll make is this is just part of being an artist. So I've just read you eight different elements of what made up the lucky ones for us. And now I'm going to read some elements of this, this, uh, show that we were made aware of, which happened, I'm going to say, about a month ago. So maybe four months after our last Lucky Ones. It was a one or its member at a time performance. It used text and SMS messages with social media. It had an AI helper. It was durational. It was a week-long performance. It had a personality test that you had to... Um, fill in. It surrounded, you know, it involved a corporation that um, got in contact with you that was testing out technology. It had live experiences that they created that you had to go along to. And the same blogger that we had did the experience and blogged about it. Now, this looks and does look, for me, speaking personally, as a direct copy. And I think you can wangle an argument to say, well, that's, you know, it might be chance, it might be a coincidence that those things happened and and that, um, and there might be other, other bits of the performance that make that one unique. Now, what if I tell you that the person who created this was a university lecturer and and it was in the context of a of a university setting and that person was an audience member for both of the lucky ones now is that chance or is that someone who's gone to see both lucky ones has understood how it's worked and then is testing out those direct ideas with or with their students. Now, this is a disclaimer right now. I'm not saying that we as Riptide have, or anyone, has total control over those ele- those eight elements that I've said for our performance. And obviously, I'm not saying we are the first people to ever think about doing performances in those kind of ways. So, you know, you've got Blast Theory who play with texts and phones, you've got Dream Think Speak who use AI technology and kind of corporations, you've got Yumi Bum Bum Train who have a sort of test before you begin to kind of tailor your experience to you, and you've got Odyssey Works who, who do durational things. We're not the first people to do these, and we, we, we won't be the last. The thing that I... And I'm, I'm also saying here is that we're not the first people to take inspiration from other people. Of course, we've taken inspiration from a lot of different sources and that's, I think, part of being an artist. We take inspiration from music, from art, from other theatre experiences, from from books. I think that's part of being an artist. The thing that makes this scenario a little bit bitter in my mind is that it's in the same city as as we are, and Leeds is quite a small community of theatre makers, it's 
done without a kind of acknowledgement that um, that the person in question has been an audience member and seemingly has taken the exact same kind of approach to to their own work. I think it's just a little bit in bad faith. I don't know if you you'd agree. So so I was faced with this kind of what do I do? Do I do anything? Do I am I you know am I allowed to do anything? And so I I got in contact with people I trusted and asked and on one side of the argument there's the kind of imitation is flattery. Um and on the other side it's actually no you've ripped off our idea. And our idea is not one of those elements, it is all of them combined to make this unique thing. And I think that's the thing I'll go into. So I guess what I'm saying here is that at some point in your career, someone will copy or seemingly copy one of your ideas. And having time to reflect on it, I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. It it can leave a bad taste in your mouth, but I think you're onto something if people are trying to do that. And fundamentally, if they're copying you, they're trying to take a shortcut to where you are, but you're there because of your authentic inspiration. It's You're making a piece based on inspiration at the time, based on all your previous experience. If someone tries to copy that, it won't have the same gravitas and... I guess, substance as yours will. And also, I think by the time they've got round to copying what you've done previously, you're on to the next thing anyway. And I think that's what we've got to focus on is the next project. So I think, yeah, I think you can just frame what could be quite a negative situation in terms of actually it is a bit of flattery and move on with the next one. What I'll quote quite regularly from now, I think, is um, is Austin Kleon's book, Steal Like an Artist, which is an amazing book. It's a, it's a lovely little illustrated thing. Um, it's a New York Times bestseller. And it goes into this exact topic of kind of the title Steal Like an Artist. For me, I would interpret that as if you steal one idea, that's plagiarism. If you steal lots of different ideas from different sources, and that's the important thing, from different sources, then and if you find your own voice and make it new, then that is being an artist, that's being creative, that's taking inspiration. If you take one thing from somewhere else, a direct copy, and try and do it yourself, that is plagiarism for me. And Austin Cleon goes into throughout the book and he gives really great quotes that you know have have changed my view on this actually you know you've got Pablo Picasso saying art is theft you've got David Bowie saying the only art I'll ever study is that that I can steal from so it would be silly to say that as artists we don't take and borrow ideas from other places of course we do and I think that's fundamentally part of our existence but it's just how do you do that how do you steal like an artist how do you do it in a way that is ethically sound and that just isn't ripping off one idea? I think what I'm touching on here is it's that exact 
thing of, okay, you're taking different things from different places. You're not just taking one idea. I think what I'll do now is read a little quote in this book from T.S. Eliot, which kind of says my point in a kind of eloquent way. T.S. Eliot puts here, Immature poets imitate. Mature poets steal. Bad poets deface what they take. And good poets make it into something better. Or at least something different. The good poet welds his theft into a whole of feeling which is unique, utterly different from that which it was torn. I think that's what I'm trying to get at here. So... I think what I'd like to talk about now is how how do you find your own voice and how do you get inspiration from places and from reading Cleon's book there are a lot of really good tactics and ideas in there that I'd like to share with you now one of which is um, what I do already is keeping a notebook for thoughts and he says that David Hockney did that and he had coat pockets designed for different notebooks so that if inspiration struck he would just write it down in, his, in one of his notebooks and I think that's a really good thing and I don't th- I think I think I can do better really with that another thing he says is share the dots with other people but don't connect them so it's I don't know whether I fully agree with this because not saying a full idea to someone for fear of it being stolen see I'm on the fence here because I was in a, in a conversation with someone the other day about this topic saying that if they wanted to steal the lucky ones for example and now that we're talking about the lucky ones and if they wanted to do an exact replica they wouldn't be able to do that because they're not us so the feeling that someone would get in a riptide show is completely different because different people are involved and in the same way that if you want to put on hamlet and rip off someone else's idea, it will be completely different because different people will be involved and that alone makes it unique. I guess what I'm trying to talk about here is that grey area between when does it become plagiarism, when does it become stealing someone's idea and when does it become taking inspiration. I think it's a really fine balance to get. What I'd like to do now is go through four points of kind of how how to be inspired, really. Some of which are inspired by the book Steal Like an Artist, and some of them are my own my own bits of advice that I would give to other people. Number one is, and this is for any theatre maker, this is a bit of advice that I got given very early in my career, and that is to write down the 20 most theatrical moments of your life. So for me, that included um, being at a gig and being part of that big crowd who was all there for that one purpose. It would be small things like running for a train, but everyone is going the different way to you. It's that sun, 4am sunrise in summer when no one else is around. It's those kind of theatrical moments that you think, okay, yeah, that's that's it. It might be when you've gone to a, a big sports event or it might be um, a really good nightclub experience. One of them for me is actually is actually inspired a, a whole performance. It's when I was in a nightclub in London 
and they filled the room with confetti and you literally couldn't see a meter in front of you for just the whole room was in like for that moment it was all confetti and it was just light and sound and that experience was like yeah that's that stays with me so write down these 20 theatrical moments and my question there is what would happen if these became stage or theater or music or dance experiences so whatever field you're in what happens if you translate that feeling that you have in those theatrical moments to a form of art number two is having a swipe file so this is talked about in the book a little bit so a swipe file is any sort of notebook that you have on your person at all times and you have it to take inspiration so it it should be filled with inspirational quotes from ideas from bits of scripts so that if you're down and lacking in inspiration you go to your swipe file and if you're at the beginning of a rehearsal process you go to your swipe file it's like it works both ways it pumps you up and gives you inspiration but it also keeps you up when you when you're up anyway number 3 i think is a really neat idea and something that I am going to do tomorrow is keep a praise file on your computer. So this is for any nice emails, any messages that have been particularly nice or appreciative of you as a as a freelancer. So any email that you've got saying thank you so much for your work, it's been a blast working with you and or anything like that. And use this when you're down. Because one thing you can't predict is when you're going to be down. But I think what you can predict with 100% certainty is that at some point you will be as a freelancer in the arts just because of the turbulent nature of it. And my advice here is to use it sparingly. So don't, don't get lost in past glories, but use it when you need a lift. And the fourth kind of note here is, kind of linked to that, is... It takes a lot of energy to be creative, so don't don't forget your self-care. And I know that word gets banded around quite a lot now, but it's... What do I mean by that? I mean things like have breakfast, meditate, go for walks, sleep lots, and do push-ups, I guess. It's that kind of do things for you. And I think we can get lost in that kind of we need to make work, or we need to write a bid, or you know, it becomes kind of all-consuming and it. I think what we don't realise is it takes a lot of energy to be creative. So I think I'd like to finish really on, a, on an update on what we've been doing, me personally. Um, we've had a crazy week actually. We've been recording for our binaural performance. So we've been in a professional recording studio all last week and... We did a, last week we did a 10pm till 5.30am through the night recording session. And people have asked, why the, why the hell have you decided those times? And literally, being 100% honest, that is the only time that all of us were free. Which is crazy. And it just shows you, working with busy people, working on other projects, can be really difficult to get five, six different people in the same room. We're also, well, I am also 
writing the evaluation for this project so that we can release the money because it takes 20 working days as I say in my funding chapter so that the so that the artists are not work waiting ages I'm kind of conscious of that and I'm also starting to write a bid for the next show so that I'm not waiting for um, funding to come through so that I'm not in trouble so it's kind of kind of reached a lull in proceedings we've kind of been very creative making a piece that's been made it's in editing phase now and we're kind of winding down one project and also kind of in that process of starting to think of the future and I always kind of feel a little bit sad and I don't mean like post-show blues I mean kind of feeling like oh what am I doing now and it will only be until we get the funding through that I'm then fired up and I I don't is that normal if you also feel like this check out our Instagram send us a DM and um, and let's see what we can do about it so thank you so much for listening to the podcast it means so much that that people from really different backgrounds working in different art forms are listening to this please please leave a review five star please and subscribe so that you get an update when we release the next one we're trying to do this once a week ultimately life gets in the way a little bit so it might be a bit longer than that but i hope that you are enjoying these and we're going to start doing more guest appearances so the ones that we have lined up already are a a producer um, another freelancer and a dancer so if you know anyone else outside those two or three um, professions, then get in touch. Follow us on all the social media. And thank you so much. <laughs>